and welcome to the Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm here to help you understand what you just read in the Bible. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bible Made Easy podcast. We are on week 11, uh, the book of Deuteronomy, chapters 3 through 23. The timeline is 1407 BC to 1406 BC, roughly a year. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you are new, welcome. If you have any questions on how the podcast is laid out, you can listen to my introduction episode. Any and everyone is welcome to go to my website, bmepodcast.com, to drop me a note, ask any questions, or just get up to date on the podcast with the resources I have there. Uh, now back to our biblical journey. The way we ended last week is the same way we start this week. Moses continuing to explain to the Israelites their history and what they and future generations need to know going into the promised land. Bitterness, party of one. Ah, yes. Right this way, Moses. As we dive back in, we have Moses explaining that even he will not get to go into the promised land. God will let him see the land, but told him to appoint Joshua as his successor. Thankfully, this chapter ends with one of my favorite verses, which is uh, in verse 22. He says, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God will fight for you. When I'm going through struggles and hurts and just the weariness that comes with life, this verse always helps to remind me that the Lord will fight for me and he will fight for you. Beautiful reminder, especially as we go back <laughs> into life in chapter four. Moses is speaking to them once again, reminding them of what they already had heard, but trying to emphasize that this is not a joke. And it's not an option. If they disobey, there are some real terrible consequences. In fact, he reminds them once again that it is because of their actions that he doesn't get to go to the promised land. And to be fair, I'd be just as upset as he is. Not gonna lie. Meanwhile, obedience is so very important that Moses goes over the Ten Commandments again. And in case we too forget, obedience to God is a very big deal. And it didn't end when Jesus came. Jesus didn't change the need for obedience. He showed us what it's looked like. Uh, Kelly, side note here. This is for the argument that the Ten Commandments are not important since Jesus came, but even the New Testament already puts a stop to this thinking. Jesus did not abolish the law. He was the embodiment of it. Hate that argument. Anyway, because loving the Lord is the most important command, and we see Jesus give this answer later in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Moses makes sure that he spends time on this to reiterate how important this is. And if you're like me, a sinner, it might seem a bit redundant and, dare we say, kind of boring, but it truly is the thing that if we follow this, everything else falls into line. Moses goes on to talk about how they must drive out the nations. These nations they were going into were evil people. And we already saw how they would seduce Indri <laughs> they would seduce Israel into going away from God. Remember Moses walking out and seeing that woman take an Israeli man? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so so we know that they will seduce Israel away from God. The nations had to be eradicated, and God was not kidding, because those things that made the nations evil were not to be permitted. Think about the worst thing humans can do to one another and to children, and that is what these nations did. Another Kelly side note, for I know for some the thought of God wanting these nations wiped off the earth is hard to take, and I get that, I do. If it helps, 
I think about Nazi Germany and the evil atrocities that they did upon anyone who thought differently from them, a la just about everyone else. And they had to be taken down. And that took a war to do it. These nations God wants the Israelites to battle and take the promised land from are just as bad and evil and sometimes far, far worse. So just keep that in mind if it bothers you. And back to Moses and his first big warning. Do not forget the Lord. To bring this into our day to day, this is something I struggle with on the daily Not because I forget God per se, but because when I'm in the middle of my day and things are swirling, I sometimes forget who my anchor is and I need to and who I need to reach out for all the things that are going on. He's the one I can complain to, ask for guidance and wisdom and remind me what is important and what is not. He will put my day in order for me if I let him. And yet, even with the best of intentions. A new day dawns, and if I am not mindful, I will forget and get caught up in that swirl all over again. It doesn't take much when you watch yourself to realize why God continually compares you to sheep. Just saying. And Moses reminds the Israelites of their day-to-day and why they should not forget the Lord either. And then he issues a second big warning, and that was, it was not you, Israel, who accomplished this. Moses reminds them that they are not to think that they accomplished all the good that has happened so far, the winds, the lands, the peace. If it were not for God, none of that would be theirs. So do not forget to whom you should give praise to. And goes on to remind them why the golden calf was not only wrong, but a colossal mistake. Hint, hint, Israel. Hint, hint. Moses goes on to explain about the tablets that the Ten Commandments were written on and how the paper people oh lord how the people (laughs) mess that up why he's not getting into the promised land Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah he's like israel you're gonna hear about this it is your fault and don't act like it isn't because you know darn good and well it is and it was their fault and then he tells them to fear the lord and what that looks like um you are not to be terrified like truly fearful, like scared of for your life, but it is to be respectful and reverent. Um, I know, especially when I was in the night, when I was a nineties kid and living in the nineties, uh, Jesus was my, Jesus is my homeboy was a really big expression. And I think that the idea of it was wonderful that God is your friend and, and Jesus is your friend and that he loves you and that he's going to take care of you. But it sometimes erodes a little bit of the respect and awe that God deserves. And so Moses is trying to remind them that they do need to remember that respect and awe that is that God deserves to have. And so that is what he means by being fearful. Another way I think about it is my old pastor used to say, you need to have a high view of God and an accurate view of yourself. And that thought was so important that Moses continued it for uh, two more chapters. Uh, Another Kelly side note, uh, this episode's clearly full of them. Um, If you struggle with self-esteem, then please note an accurate view of yourself is not that you are garbage. Sweet, sweet one. You are so loved that God gave his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. And he would have done that for you and you alone. An accurate view is that you are not perfect. Try though we might, but you struggle and sin and make mistakes. God still loves you, 
but he deserves your praise and worship as he carries you through this life if you let him. And we're back to Moses. Okay, Moses goes through and explains where they are to worship and why. And this is important because while you can worship God anywhere and everywhere, there's a reason we meet in a group setting. And in Moses' day, the tabernacle was the only place where God would be. Today, because of Jesus, we the people are the church. And when we come together, God is there in our midst. But we have to gather together. <laughs> the, the gathering together is still there. Moses then discusses worshiping other gods. Uh, this is, and when he does this, this is what Pastor Paul would call a toe stepper. Or depending on your walk with Christ at the moment, a toe stomper. Because when you begin to realize that, that worshiping other gods doesn't just mean like the Bales or the Zeuses of the world, but sports, celebrities, fashion, entertainment, books, politics, etc. It gets a lot more personal very quickly. And we go through further what is clean and unclean food. Now, almost all of the food that God says is unclean is because, in fact, if they were to eat them in that time period, it could really mess up their bodies, potentially killing them. And if it didn't kill them, it wasn't going to go well afterwards. It'd be worse than Taco Bell. Let's let's be straight here, okay? It's going to be worse than any colon cleanse they ever thought about. Could really mess them up. So when God tells them not to eat that food, it is truly for their benefit, which is why when God says, no, we should pay attention. <clears throat> I'm calling out myself here. When God tells me no, it is for my best interest. I know this, and yet somehow I still rebel sometimes. Anyway. We also see what tithing is, and we are still called to tithe today, and it is an obedience thing. Uh, Another Kelly side note, if you struggle with this and would like an episode on how I started to obey when I literally only had $3 to my name, I'll be glad to do an episode about it because I get it. I do. Speaking of tithing and uh, being broke as all get out, uh, we go into a chapter about canceling debts. Doesn't that sound nice? Especially when you are in debt. Ugh, it's the worst. Especially if you have student loan debt. $50,000 over here. I paid it off. I paid it off. But girl, I know some debt. Anyway, but this wasn't that, unfortunately. With canceling debts, we also have the freeing of servants and setting aside the firstborn of the animals. Hopefully you remember what Cain was not doing and why you should set aside the first fruits. We are going over the Passover, the festivals, and who are to be judges. And these things are a bit redundant, but considering the Israelites traded God for a golden calf in a matter of days, we probably all need to hear this more than once. Also, do not set up any Asherah poles. Seriously, kids, it didn't go well with them the first time, and it sure as heck isn't going to go well if you do it again. Now, we do see a bit of foreshadowing When we get to chapter 17, uh, God explains in great detail why the Israelites should not have a king like everyone else. Will they listen in the end? Nope, not a bit. And well, it will be a big issue. It can also serve as yet another reminder that when God tells us not something, it is because it is literally in our best interest, regardless of our opinion or our perspective. He he sees things we can't until it is way too late. Again, talking to myself here. We get to step on more toes. (laughs) So exciting. Uh, God is more than specific and straight when he explains that we are not to mess with the occult. And I will confess that I am someone who is very intrigued by the occult, uh, especially ghost stories. So when I read about how we're not to mess with the occult, this hits me every time. It's a big deal for me. 
Uh, but we also get to see a little bit more insight into why God had the Israelites destroy those other nations and what we, what they were doing that was so bad. And part of it was they were consulting with the dead or, <laughs> and or, way worse, sacrificing their children. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you would like me to do a separate episode on just the topic of the occult alone, I would be more than happy to do so. And even if you don't, I might make one anyway, because it's that fascinating to me. And yeah, it gets really dark really fast. So that will definitely come with a trigger warning if I do it. Back to chapter 19. Moses goes over the cities of refuge again to make clear what they are to be used for and sets up the witness issue. And not only do you not bear false witness, but if you are found out to have done so, God says to get rid of you by death, if that wasn't clear. Future hint. They forgot this when it came to Jesus' trial. Just saying. Next, Moses tells them how war is to be conducted, especially on the detestable people. He is very clear in what they can keep and what must be destroyed, including the people. These tribes were horrifically evil and had to be destroyed. And I keep emphasizing that because for some reason, that seems to get lost when it talks about God, when it says God had them war against these people. But they they were truly evil and awful. Um, God doesn't do anything just because. And I really, really hate when I hear people say that because I'm like, clearly you didn't actually read the Bible. The last two, <laughs> the last three chapters of uh, our reading is kind of what they would be the potpourri category on Jeopardy. Um, but I find stupidly interesting. And you, I mean, just a veritable buffet of topics. So you have atonement for an unsolved murder, marrying a captive woman, the right of the firstborn, which I will admit I may find more interesting than others as a firstborn, uh, dealing with a rebellious son, kids, pay attention, and various other laws. And Moses goes through marriage violation. And then he follows it all up with an exclusion from the assembly, uncleanness, and other interesting laws, much of which we still actually follow today. So just a veritable buffet of interesting right there. And that's actually where we end this week on a veritable buffet of interesting. I'm so glad that you joined me for this episode. Please join me next week. Again, if you have any questions, want to leave me a comment, totally agree with me on certain things, which I like to hear, even if you disagree, it's okay. Uh, go to the website, bmepodcast.com, drop me a note, and I will answer you back. Anyway, you guys have a fabulous week, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.